Welcome, welcome. Today's a special day for you. Oh. It's a mini-sode. Mini-sode 103, but it's a mega-sized mini-sode today. Double the grunt. Can we call this a, a mega mini? Is this what we're gonna call it? A mega mini? Mega mini. We didn't get a we didn't get a mini sode out to you guys last week. I had a th storm kind of caused a problem. So instead of doing two separate mini sodes, we're just gonna do two articles a piece and give you a quote unquote double thick mini sode. So I know what I have, obviously. So I'm gonna start here uh, with something kind of fun. Uh, this is a little supernatural, but this comes from the Mexico uh, MexicoDailyNews.com, and out in a, a village out in Mexico, there's a huge panic that some shape-shifting monster has been stalking and causing problems in this in their town. Uh, the belief is that a supernatural being is lurking nearby, has led some re re residents of a Morelos town to paint white crosses on their homes for protection. Some Cocoyoc oh residents say they began hearing strange noises in the early hours of the morning two weeks ago. As they couldn't attribute the noises to an animal or any other source, they concluded that they were made by a Nahual, or Nahual, which is a Mesoamerican folk religion, is a human being who has the power to transform or shapeshift into an animal. So, you know, kind of similar to the skinwalker powers, at least on that in that regard. First, it was a few residents who started talking about the noises. And then, as days passed, more people asserted that they heard the same thing. Luis Salgado, a, co a Cocoyaca local, told the newspaper El Sol de Cualata. Sorry, I fucked that up. At some point, <laughs> one person suggested that the noises were made by a, a Nahual, and other residents just agreed. They concluded that they needed to do something to ward off the supernatural being, so they decided to paint white crosses across their homes. And that's kind of where they're at right now. They uh, they say, you know, they, some of the people that live there forget that it was uh, their town was built on uh, Kokoyaki Nahua tradition. So it was like a kind of an easy connection for them to make if they can't find whatever it is making that noise. Uh, but it's just it's fascinating to watch even still small town still do that, like crosses on the no, doorway, uh, like, you know, warding away whatever is possibly coming. And who knows? Maybe there is a Nahua out there stalking and eating their livestock and scaring people in the middle of the night. No uh, recording of the sound. No, no recording of the sound. Nobody's, nobody's. If there's a recording, nobody's made it public. So I'm gonna just imagine a narwhal doing all this while you're saying this. A narwhal that's what it sounds like we. That's what I thought you said the first time. And I was like, <laughs> no, oh, they fuck. and they do say that narwhal are neither good nor bad. It just depends on the individual's personality who is the narwhal. So it doesn't mean that they're they're scared because it's it's uh you know it's unknown and mysterious. But it couldn't. It might not be necessarily a super evil thing. Um, but that's that's my first one. The next the next article will we'll go in a, in a circle. I'll do it later. But my next one, Jesse, is for you when we get there. Aww, scientific. Boobola. Look at that. It's scientific Baby. and amazing. Alex, you go next. I choose. Okay, so I don't. You probably heard about this. There was a a chess tournament, the Moscow Chess Open, last Thursday mm. or Thursday before. I don't know. It was like in the end of July, and uh, this seven year old kid was like playing chess against a robot. And I guess, like, and there's video of this. I can show you. There's a tweet with video. Let me, uh, let me grab this. How do I, how do I grab this? Why doesn't the share have just a link? Why can't I just take the link? <laughs> What's that about? What is that? What's the meaning of this? Here we go. Right? Yeah. This is, this is the actual clip of this kid. And basically what apparently happened is that the robot finished his move, and then the kid tried to, like, move, but he moved a little too fast for the robot's oh my liking God. Oh, in terms no. of, like, what his programming was. 
So the robot just grabs this kid's finger and like holds on to it and breaks it. Uh, like straight up breaks it uh, before like a bunch of people get up and like try and help this kid out. Uh, but the kid like came back the next day, finished the tournament. He wasn't like that <laughs> fucked up. He was okay. But like apparently that was just like a programming glitch or maybe there was some sort of AI mistake there but it does remind me number one it reminds me of the mechanical turk uh which is what the uh the ripley's article about this uh actually brings up at the end is i I originally thought about this there was like this thing called the mechanical turk that was like this like man sitting at a table but it was like supposed to be a robot and it's from like the 1700s like late 1700s and it like i think like even like benjamin franklin played against this thing i I don't i don't remember he like went around the world and like beat a bunch of people at chess and nobody everybody was like it's crazy they made this robot that could like beat people at chess but i figure it's got to be somebody in there playing chess who's like incredible back then yeah i would imagine back then uh but it also just kind of feels like uh you know Rise of the Machines a little bit, don't you think? First, the microwave wanted to kill his best friend. Uh, next, <laughs> and then we got this. Yeah. A scary time. And then the Google AI is awakening, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, like, a chess robot who's had a little bit of enough with a kid and accidentally grabs the kid and breaks his finger is, like, the inciting incident of, like, a Will Smith, <laughs> uh, you know, action movie. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? It's the like beginning of the robots of the taking over? Yeah, it's yeah. the beginning of the AI takeover. iRobot, I've seen that movie. So it broke it. That's well, pretty crazy. I would be horrified if it was that kid. I'd be afraid he'd smush my finger and d- destroy it. But get away the with the breaking. To me, everybody seems pretty calm. Yeah, like, everybody sure. just kind of gets up and is like, "All right, let's uh, let's see what we can do here to help." Maybe that's how you know this kid's Russian. He's probably like, "The machine has broken my finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need some med- medication." Uh, excellent, Jesse. Take it away. Let's start out with a fun one. So, the other day, I was over on Reddit, and I saw that there was, someone posted, like, a list of the top birthdays, like, the day most people celebrated. And I was curious, because I was like, where's May 18th fall? And I noticed it was, like, right in the middle. But, for some reason, August and September are the highest months, and I assume that's because people be boning down in winter, right? I assume that's the case. Yeah, but, you gotta get cozy. That song, yeah. you know, uh, it's cold outside. Well, were the two, mm-hmm. were the two March, you said? Uh, August and September are the highest. Mm, okay. And so I was, uh, you know, just had that on my mind when I stumbled upon an, uh, upon an article over on LiveScience.com about the birthday paradox. And mm. I'm just going to ask you a question. It is apparently a very famous brain teaser, and this is fascinating to me. All right. How large does a random group of people need to be for there to be at least a 50% chance that two people will share the same birthday? My brain wants to say 366. <laughs> I bet it's like 100. The answer? 23. Wow. What? Crazy, huh? So the article goes on to say, like, most people would assume it would be 183, right? Because, you know, yeah, yeah. since there's 365 days in the year. But no. Just like how there are certain days where there are more popular births, it translates over into this. Because so many people are born on, say, September 19th, it's likely there will be two people born September 19th at that moment in that in, in that at the birthday party. So 23 is likely to have a 50% average. Um, and the doctor they talked to, he says, 
I love these types of problems because they illustrate how humans are generally not good with probabilities, leading them to make all sorts of incorrect decisions or draw bad conclusions, Jim Frost says. A, uh, he's a statistician who's written books about this, and he, he says, additionally, they show how beneficial mathematics can be in improving our lives because, honestly, when we just use our brain to, like, think up stuff, we kind of suck at it. Yeah. He said, the more people in a group, the greater the chances are at least one pair will have a birthday, that 50% chance. With 23 people, there's 50.73% uh, 50 chance. At 57, it's almost 99% chance. At Damn. 57. That's not um, a lot of people at all. Yeah, it's like, I receive messages from college statistics professors who do this all the time. They will make a bet with their class at $20, and the class will always... Always bet against the professor, and every because the professor will say, "I bet there a fifty percent chance there are two people in this class that have a birthday," and they'll almost always win. That is that is it's so weird. crazy. Yeah, and, and that is like that is like magic, right? And but it goes, it comes down to the whole thing of like when you think about flipping coins. You think at the end of the day, you always want to be like, "Oh, it's 50-50. but it's always it skews one way or another and it's how you flip and the weight of the coin and when the coin like what is the coin made of like that kind of thing fascinating stuff and um the end of this article is great it says there may be several reasons to answer the birthday problems and why it feels counterintuitive one is that people may unconsciously calculate what the chances are for someone that has the same birthday as them because we only really think about ourselves like, how many people in here could have the same birthday as me? When you could be two other people, we didn't even figure have the same birthday, and it's not related to us at all. The birthday problem is conceptually related to another exponential growth problem, Frost noted. In So this is another, like, math thing. Would you, in exchange for a service, be offered one cent but guaranteed exponential growth? Would you take that? A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And he said, well, of course you should, because if you get paid one cent your first day, that's two cents the next day, four cents the third day, eight cents, then 16. Then he's like 30 days later, you've made $10.7 million. Yeah, and the next day you make double. Yeah. 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 And he's like, and people don't think about that at all. But you have to think about stuff like that all the time when you use math stuff. So I thought it was a fascinating article. It's over on LiveScience.com. I love stuff like that. Blows my mind. That Huge fan. Impossible, right? Stunning. Do you guys 23 know people? Do you know anybody or know anyone or know of anyone that have the same birthday as you? Me, I yeah. um, weirdly enough, I know that there are three or four people in our like weird, so, like pseudo internet influencer celebrity circle, um, that definitely do. May 18th, uh, but I'm like right in the middle, right? Yeah. Apparently, August and September, and I believe September 19th, I think. I think oh, that's the big one. Is the like number one day most people are born. That's crazy. Yeah. Because I think back and I had two people I knew personally that were friends that both had my birthday. One when I was much younger, one was in high school, and then The Rock <laughs> has my birthday. That's all I can think That's of. pretty good. Yeah. It's only 50%. Yeah. He said to have a like a 99, like almost completely positive, you need. What do you say? It was fifty some people, fifty seven. But that's still. I mean, like if you throw if you throw a birthday party and you invite a hundred of your closest friends, someone one hundred percent has the same birthday as you. You're inviting someone who has the same birthday to your birthday party for sure, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, crazy. That's fucking that, uh, statistics are wild. Yeah, man. Especially because, like you said, humans human brains are not good at it. We never so. think about that stuff. Yeah. No. 
There's actually a lot of famous people who have my birthday. That's weird. Yeah, I had a pope. I, I think maybe oh, wow. Pope John Paul II, I think. You, sh- you should be I the Gerald next pope. Ford. Oh, God. Uh, Matthew Fox. Come on. All right. I'm going to start with something that's not good for Jesse, but guys, there's another face on Mars. Did you see this? Mega Mini. A another new face? face on Mars. Coast to Coast AM, of course. Of course. Spooky. Look at you see the picture. It's, there's not much to say other than there oh, it is. Man. Do you see it? <sighs> Obviously you do. Uh, because it's, it's so fucking obvious that that is a huge chunk of a statue from an ancient alien civilization that once thrived on well, Mars. Yeah, I mean, clearly, clearly. It looks like a face. Clearly. But it looks like uh, Akhenaten, if you know who that yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, that's all right. That's all I, I can't, there's not much there I can say other than that's clearly just a rock that's been eroded away over many, many, what many years. What is the years. name of this group that does this? Like, they're like, they like go and they like look at old there's pictures. Like, and an like, individual was like a professional, like he called himself like an expert photo like inspector of like NASA's release stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember yeah. what that guy's name is. That's one of my favorite ones. No, but the real article that I want to bring to your attention here is that scientific research has been going into to figure out, going in to see if in a uh, spider's dream and oh, sick. The uh, evidence shows that spiders actually show all the behaviors of dreaming. A fascinating study wherein spiders were observed as they uh, as they sleep found that the creatures exhibit traits associated with dreaming. The remarkable research was reportedly the brainchild of German behavioral ecologist Daniela Robler, who was intrigued when she found that some jumping spiders, which she had collected for a different experiment, were suddenly motionless near the top of their enclosures. Initially thinking that the arachnids had died, she was amazed when she looked closer and realized that they were sleeping while hanging from a strand of their web, which was a heretofore unseen technique exhibited by the creatures. Jumping spiders in particular are really, really interesting because they are one of the only species of spiders that has some uh, has evidence of some sort of problem solving or like choice making. So they've done experiments where they put like food or an insect or whatever for a jumping spider to go get to with multiple pathways and they'll see the they'll go down the dead end one and you'll see the, they'll look around and then they'll backtrack and go a different way that that gets them closer to it. So like there is like a little bit of thought going on behind the jumping spider's brain. Even though it's not a spider, there's an incredible video of a cat that I watched where it was like this guy held up a hoop and the cat, um, this big furry white cat, like looks at the hoop, backs up a little bit, like does this weird like measurement jump, backs up a little bit more, looks at the hoop again, yeah. and then like moves forward and like picks the bird and jump through. And I'm like, that cat figured that out so quickly. Yeah. They sit there and they think, I, every time, sometimes my cat wants to jump over the gate and he'll sit there and he'll look at it and he'll like very clearly like inspecting it before he makes his yeah, calculated incredible. leap. Incredible um, new stuff. Have you seen the webs? The webs? Yeah. So like, there's this. I sent you a link. There's like this thing of these spiders, and they like gave oh, the, spiders, the tripping spiders. Yeah, the tripper. Yeah, the spiders on like LSD. Yeah. yeah, they give them different drugs, and like the structure of the different webs changes. It like mean. I don't know. I don't know that it means much, but it is just so interesting that it like their brains are impacted by drugs in similar, you know, in some yeah, way. Yeah, this the was best, a NASA study. The best way to describe this is LSD creates like a wild looking web. Speed marijuana, it's almost like a normal looking web. Caffeine, I think that's the wor- that might be the worst Whacked. drug of all. That is my god. Whacked out web. Just wow. finishing as quickly as possible. The LSD web is like straight lines. It's like wild. Yeah, it's very, very cool though. I love that stuff. Um uh, oh, I will say this. They also, if you think about it, right? 
they actually injected the drugs into flies that they gave to the spiders. Oh, that's that's hilarious. That's a good way to get it in their system. <laughs> Drug out of, of the fly is going to have a good time going out at least. That's crazy. Yeah, no idea Hell what's yeah. happening. They see reality for what it is, and then they get eaten. Um, Wild style. For the for the dreaming spiders, though, uh, Robler ended up equipping a night vision camera with a magnifying glass and filmed the sleeping spiders overnight. And you can watch the footage, which she is stunned to see the creatures experiencing occasional minute-long episodes in which they would inexplicably move their legs. Uh, they were uncontrollably looking like they were twitching, uh, almost like, like my dog dream sleeping? sleep. Yeah, and here's a video yeah. of it right now. Oh. Into the Zoom. Spider dreaming video. And you can watch it just, you know, twitching and moving. and Like a dog, like a dog sleeping. Yeah, it's you see its abdomen twitch. It curls its legs in a few times. Its legs yeah, kind of gently spiders move. Spiders are so weird, yeah. What's this, yeah, what's and this it, like, boy doing? Look at dude, what are jumping spiders about, are jumping spiders are like the puppies of the of the spider world. They're so cute. I, it's like the only spider I like. They're adorable. Yeah, like it's like it looks like. I mean, you watch that and you're like, huh? Oh, retinal movements. Oh, cool. You can see his eyes moving. You know what's absolutely bonkers about this? Unlisted. Yeah, Scientific this is just American, for research. Unlisted, just for research. Not like, hey, kids on the internet, look at this. That's fascinating. They just wouldn't put this out there. Yeah, and it still does like better numbers than most of my videos. I'm <laughs> yeah, same. Um, yeah, and I just found that freaking cool because again, we look at like insects and bugs as simple robotic creatures like that just operate on a very simple kind of nervous system command system. But there's clearly like, you know, at least in the spiders, there's clearly a little bit more going on under their hood. There's some some sort of thought process probably happening. You know, it's just, it's just fascinating to see. That even the smallest creatures are way more complicated than we give them credit for, even with what we know about them now. And that's it. I figured you'd like that, Jesse, because it's it's scientific. I fucking loved it because that is super, I like I'm jumping watching spiders. This, it's super interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. Like it mm. does look like it's dreaming. Like if you didn't know any better, it does look like it's in, it's dreaming. I mean, it might be. It very well may be. But that's it for me, Jesse. So uh, Alex, you can give us your last one. Okay. Yeah, I got one for you right here. Also from uh, LiveScience.com. Uh, by Ben Turner, uh, Brian brings us this article. It is about do you guys do you guys know about quantum computers? Like, do you guys understand the concept of quantum processing? On a very very basic level, yes. But basically, like computers have the thing that are like ones and the things that are zeros, mm -hmm, right? That's mm -hmm. like bits, right? And then quantum computers have the ones that can be ones or zeros, but they can also be both until observed. Yep. Right, it's, it's like cat in, it's cat in the box yeah. situation. Schrodinger's cat it's pretty, pretty much. But basically, that allows you to quantum entangle quibits or whatever they're called, the like quantum bits, to like continue to be linked even over distances. And it allows computers to perform multiple calculations at once. I, I, it's a it's a complex process. Is this the Fibonacci thing? Yeah. So this is. Oh, this I is saw like, this. Yeah, this is neat. Yeah, this is crazy. So 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 basically, the problem with quantum computers that makes them hard to like use is that they don't these quibits or whatever they're called that are like these quantum version of bits. They are hard to isolate so that the environment around them doesn't interact with them. So they lose quantumosity, mm. if you will. Quantumania, if you will. Yeah, much better. Uh, Thank you. Right. They lose their quantumania if you fuck up. Like, in any way. There's, like, almost no way to prevent this from happening. Uh, so instead, what physicists tried to do inside this, this processor was uh, to create a new stable phase 
of matter, like a like something that's not a solid, a liquid, or a gas. Hmm. So the quantum entanglement, it like weaves these things together, these quibits together into like the shape of the material's own state so that you have a topological version of the quibit that's like a little bit easier to observe. It's like a little bit because it has like a physical shape. It's like it's a little bit easier to understand it. I I know this is hard, but it keeps it from decaying into losing its quantumness. Right. And becoming one or the other. Yeah. And okay. a big part of that is you want to break the object's physical symmetries, which means that it applies like the laws of physics apply to this thing at any point in time and space. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like this are the articles like as a liquid molecules and water follow the same physical laws at right. every point in space and in every direction. But if you cool water so that it transforms into ice, right, it like the molecules pick points along the crystal structure to arrange themselves. Right. So right. now it's different because the spaces have preferred spaces to occupy. Right. So you're breaking the physical symmetry. Right. Got so it. creating a new topological phase to keep these quibits stable. You have to break physical symmetry in the same way as water and ice does, except you're doing it in time. And you're doing that by shooting lasers at these quibits. So this they they tried they tried to do this periodically by jolting the the ion chains with lasers at different like frequencies or like you know periodically you know that very jolt- fine laser the one they use in like surgeries and stuff the one that's yeah. like that's what they're using they're using like state of the art tech to do this kind yeah of so they so they they want to break the continuous time series symmetry with the lasers and impose another version of time symmetry where they remain the same across certain intervals in time which will create something called a rhythmic topological phase okay but this did not happen uh so instead of doing the thing that they wanted to do which was to like stabilize these bits and stuff they amplified what was going on outside of the system and it was destroyed in like less than two seconds. So, Oof. yeah. So they wanted, so the second try, they tried to make something a little bit more, uh, like a little bit less specific. And they they wanted to, like, it's, it's, it's technical, but basically what they figured out was that if they wanted, they wanted to try using the, the laser in the Fibonacci sequence, Rather than going A B A B A B, doing Fibonacci, which is A B A B A A B A A B A B A A B A B A B, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's the Fibonacci sequence. So it created a time symmetry that was ordered without repeating, like a quasi crystal, and it squishes the higher dimensional pattern onto a lower dimensional surface, according to the article. And this basically creates bonus symmetry. It, it seems like it's getting bonus symmetry from a non-existent extra time dimension. They created an extra time dimension, Mathis. They created an extra time dimension. So bro. then I, I just, I, you know, it just fucking, it just, it feeds into my belief that reality is fucking not real. You know, we it, it is, we only experience it in a linear direction. I mean, reality can be real, but real can be anything. Real right? is like anything. The concept yeah. of real. Feedback. Our feedback from our instruments that we have to measure this reality may be limited in some respect. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. 
They created another time fucking dimension. awesome, though. Like, I don't science know what that means. Me either, but it just makes me think aliens are coming from a different dimension. You know what I mean? That's I remember they just also me. made, like, a time crystal inside a computer at Google, <laughs> I remember. Stuff's getting weird in science, man. Yeah, and, it's just, and it never is, like, big news. It's never big news. We made a time dimension that probably lasted, like, a half a second. But still, like, we literally manipulated the fabric of reality for just a moment. Because yeah. time is space. They are the same. I'm sorry that I didn't explain that better because I'm not that educated in like Bro, quantum you did, physics. You did your best. <laughs> I hope you that I like kind of walked you through kind of what happened. I think happened you did. There. I think I kind of understand and it just, that's the shit I love. I know it brings ex existential dread to so many, but for me, oh, I love that shit. It just, just points that we know so very little, you know, so yeah. little. Well, really strange stuff. I must conclude then with, even though we're all now like, what is the future? Hilariously, uh, futurologist Dr. James Bellini has, Love futurologists. Yeah, has this is what the world will look like by 2050. Okay. And ironically, it is in nowhere, nowhere is it close to the Jetsons. Nowhere is it, unless we yeah. have like another dimension open up. Like this cracked me up so much. They basically, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna, there's no reason to like go through the whole thing, but. A lot of things that we can expect would be like sonic cleaning of clothes and dishes and things like that. Waterless technology will be huge because of the fact that there's going to be a lot of water problems coming up. And then because of a lot of water problems, that means a lot of the things we eat will no longer be available to eat, which means that bugs and products that are created will be more eaten by people now does that mean that people in the united states are gonna be eating bugs like crazy no but it does mean that third world countries are gonna have, have to food yeah yeah they're gonna have to have a food so that's that's what is is big but i thought that this list of things was just wild so by 2050 obviously there'll be more autonomous self-driving cars many many more there'll be Can't smart fridges that. that can manage the shelf life and then restock themselves which we Love kind that. of have now kind of i saw that at disneyland one time yeah Apps that will help you with recycling or help the government with recycling. Vast quantities of lab-grown meat. More and yeah. more of that. And here, and look, oh, I don't know about lab-grown meat or what, but I will say, there's a lot of burger places opening up in LA that are veggie burgers that taste just like real burgers and sometimes are, there's no difference. It's none. Yeah. Shout out Monty's. Yeah. Mm. Um, smart kettles. More and more things to help you conserve water usage. More and more things that, you know, so you don't steam off too much. You know, like all sorts of things that are going to save water. Um, more and more things are going to be related to heat in the sun. So windows that have like smart tinting or things that keep houses cooler or hotter depending on the weather. And it does it automatically that doesn't use up a lot of electricity or gas or whatever. This is my favorite one. Increased usage of holograms. I'm oh, here for you. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course, of course. I'm ready for Will Cyberpunk. I am on election yeah, night, the that. original pioneer. And increased usage of robotic housekeeping. Mm, like Roombas? Uh, I mean, I would assume better Roomba versions of Roombas, not like yeah. robots. <laughs> yeah, I would assume yeah. like more Roomba-esque things. But now the I'm man worried who lives when in my you closet, see... Who puts away my things? Yeah, yeah, when you see things like Amazon buying Roombas... And now Roomba's owned by Amazon, which also is, like they're going to map your whole damn home. Of course. Which, which, depending on if you care or not, 
might be good for you, might not, right? Like maybe having your home mapped makes it easy for those robots to do stuff. Absolutely nuts. Hover technology. Let's go. Hover hey, technology. Jetpack, I'll think. be LA Jetpack Man. What that means, though, we don't know. Hover technology is hover could be anything. technology. Yeah, like the, like like trains. Just hover tech in some form. Like we will be messing with like, you know, maybe we'll have a hoverboard. Who knows? You know, like maybe I'll finally be able to to Marty McFly my way over. <laughs> well, you can't do it over water, but you know, down the road. That, that's in another few hundred years. The water part. Yes. The, this is my favorite one. In quotes, healthy junk food. Don't know what that means. Yeah, what does that Couldn't mean? Couldn't tell you what that is, but I'm here for it. Sign me Tastes up. Tastes bad and it's good for you, though? Like, or tastes good, but it's also good for you? I don't understand what that means. Also, food that doesn't go bad, infinite shelf life will be a thing as well. Oof. Which, again... Infinite shelf life. Which I think is one of those things that comes down to... we. We have Chemicals. to create food because we, we're running out of... what All of this, no matter what, has to do with... with Water. It's all water based and like temperature based. And I, you know, I feel like this is a sly way of a futurist to be like, it's environment based. But I'm not going to say that because I don't want to get yelled at by people. But I feel like this yeah. is, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a little weird. Okay, we need to stop. We need to stop. Think, follow me here. We need to stop thinking about infinite shelf life. Start thinking about infinite elf life. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I there. mean, they were until they went to the West, to be honest. See? Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. the big mistake. That's why we have fucking MAGA right now. It's because the elves left on the fucking boat. Just make them come back and make our Middle Earth great again. But, but this is the best part. A survey asked people what they wanted. They said flying cars, fuckable robots. Yeah. Flying cars, a foolproof pill for the cure for a hangover, <laughs> chocolate that doesn't melt, jetpacks. that get you stoned. Smell-o-vision. A mirror that applies makeup for you, ovens that oh. plate your food, and none of the above. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with everybody? Yeah, man. Oh, they're all lost. What the fuck is the, wrong with you people? The capitalist you sauce. You You're welcome. Enjoy. God damn you all. robots weren't on there, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, all, I think people so. are, 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 are like just trying to find any, like, any human to bang them. They're like, robots? Nah, I'm all right. I saw that kid get his finger broken by a robot. That's I true. Want my dong broken by a robot. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, that's going to be one bad accident away from the uh, you know the company going under. What if you want your dong broken by a robot? Well, pay extra for that. And you probably I mean, have to sign a does, waiver. Who doesn't? I probably don't need a robot. All right. And that's it for us. Everybody. Yeah. This place. Yeah. Yeah. We're done. Thank you guys so much for this mega minisode. We'll be back next week with another minisode following the regular episode. We appreciate your support and love you so much. We'll see you next time. You. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hello, my little Chaluminots, and oh, welcome, oh, welcome, oh, welcome oh. to Patreon's Minisode episode 104, as always. Oh, it's me. What's up? Hello. This is oh weird. We're recording this, and nobody knows, but we're recording oh. this out of order of the main episode. What? So what? Yeah. This is, this is the, we're opening with some sensual, sensual, dulcet tones to your ear holes. Yeah. Now, um, this time it's doubling as a vocal warm-up. Oh, 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 oh. I think you two both know what my article is, by the way. Um, the thing you've been freaking out about the last like yes. 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, yes. that checks I'm out. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Again, it's not uh, the headline is way blow blows out of proportion what is actually in the Congress reports. But uh, last night at 10 p.m., uh, an article dropped on Vice. That says Congress admits UFOs not man-made says threats increasingly increasing exponentially. So there's every year this is budget reports that go out and the Congress has to put it together. And in those budget reports, you can see where money's going, including the UAP programs that we're aware of and whatnot. 
But there's a little bit of a, a line in there that they picked up on, that Vice picked up on, that kind of alludes to what we kind of figured kind of already a little bit. Um, but it's, uh, saying it here, it says, buried deep in a report that's an addendum to the Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal year 2023, the, a budget that governs America's clandestine services, Congress made two startling claims. The first is that, quote, cross-domain transmedium threats to the United States national security are expanding exponentially. And then the second is that it wants to distinguish between UFOs that are human in origin and those that are not, quote, temporary non-attributed objects or those that are positively identified as man-made after analysis will be passed to appropriate offices and should not be considered under the definition of unidentified aerospace undersea phenomena, the document states. So they are specifically saying the things that they know are, ma are man-made or do not fall under this program with again it doesn't mean aliens obviously there's no way to read it that's not pretty scary it is it's definitely fascinating no matter fucking what but they are those two little lines were like buried in there and uh they got plucked out and that's more that's more fuel for my fire is all i'm saying i'm very excited it is this is interesting to me i love this kind of stuff because it isn't just like and then the aliens probe my butt it's like yo there's <laughs> some things and we don't know, and they ain't ours, and they're not from Earth. Like, that kind of thing, I'm like, all right, yeah, no, all right, I believe all that. Right, you've got my interest. Yeah, and that's all right. really all, that's all we're left with is that the, they are, they clarify they are not man-made, and that they are an increasing, an exponentially increasing threat, meaning it's happening a lot more The key word there is threat. What does that yes. mean to them? So... It's the government, right? So in my mind, everything to them is a threat so they can make weapons first. Anything we don't know what it is. Yeah, anything that comes into our airspace that we cannot understand or don't know what it is, I imagine they identify as a threat. Sure, but threat is like a huge word. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a lot of implied stuff there. And well, so- Well, if you believe in the theory Project Bluebeam where the government is going to false flag an alien UFO attack on us so that we all unite and build a giant weapon and go That's into space. Watchmen. That's Watchmen. That's <laughs> Watchmen. Stop with the no, Project no. Blue Beam. And also, there, there are people who believe it's that. It's Project you, Blue Dick is what it you, is. If you, research, <laughs> if you research that, like if you take two seconds and research the origins of Project Blue Beam, you very quickly realize it's not It was not written real. by Alan Moore. The yeah, yeah it, was, it was just ripped from a comic. No, yeah, there's like, the origins of it are very obvious. But continue, Jesse, I'm sorry. No, I just, it, it's fascinating to me that this yes. is, just, like I said, I am ultra skeptical about a lot of this stuff, but sure. this kind of thing to me reads as honest and true as most things. I'm just curious about the wording, like what yes, it all means, me what, you know, is it a threat because like you guys are saying, it's just, we don't know what it is and it's in our airspace or is it a threat because like they've reached out to the government <laughs> and all warning, I like- and this well, goes back to the idea of when they talked about, you know, when uh, atomic bombs were being tested and like there was yes, weird. And that's kind of when they showed up. And it's kind of like, all right, well, is that what does that mean? And, and you know, once this door opens, then the things I'm skeptical about, I'm like, OK, I'm a little bit more open to where this could possibly <laughs> lead. But again, I, we don't know exactly because it, again, it's a very ambiguous. The word threat is like it could be a lot of things. Yeah. Know I my, imagine they, know my conspiracy theory about this. Please do. Please do. Check this out. Okay, ready? We already know Disney oh. has in the past made propaganda for the U.S. government. Correct. This is true. They've it's made, on, like, I think you can see one of them on Disney Plus still. Uh, there's The yeah, one with the Nazi scientist explaining landing on the moon. There's an actual Disney. Uh, like, oh, I thought yeah. you meant that time Donald Duck became a Nazi. 
Oh, there's uh, that too. There's you that. Remember too. that? That was wild. I do remember that. Yeah, we there's there's a lot of times when Disney's worked with the government. Things like uh, like Three Caballeros was like a reach out to like Latin American. I love countries. those three, by the way. Yeah. Best reason to go uh, to Disneyland. That's a trippy ass movie, by the way. You should watch that if you haven't in a while. It's on Disney Plus. Uh, but basically, we know this. We know they've done this. And then there's also the thing that I should really look into further than this, but the thing that my dad showed me one time a long time ago that was like a memo, that was like a government memo that was like the way to get people used to alien invasions is to like slowly integrate it into the culture until it's easy to comprehend, right? I mean, that makes and, the most sense Yeah, to me. just so that when we finally say it's real, it's like not that hard to stomach and conceptualize what it means, right? Yeah. The Big thing is that oh God shit now because I read I read it like two or three weeks ago I forget where it's at is that the 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 kind of running theory still is if these are real if there are aliens if the government knows about them not necessarily contacts them but knows they exist sure the likelihood that they're from another planet I think is still low and they more maybe sit somewhere above or below us and on, on like just a reality which is exactly what I'm saying yeah if you think about what Disney has been doing over the last decade or so with marvel which oh, is yeah. multiple basically the teaching us in sesame street how yes. to understand visitors from other yes. uh, dimensions <laughs> the, oh, the mcu is uh, just just the yes, government getting I us ready love for that. multiple realities i'm down uh, i believe Spider -Man. it Sp into the spider-verse that's yep. all just propaganda you're absolutely oh, right. just like a government Alex. program to teach us sesame street style <laughs> Yes, that's how the multiverse works. Shiny colors, bright lights. Oh, Loki was literally I'm so like mad. I'm so mad because that. that's so good, and I love that theory so fucking much. I absolutely 100% agree. That is fantastic. Yeah. Damn, dude. Because like, what I was gonna say is way more boring. Because like, my belief is like it probably more simple in that they call it a threat because these things come into our airspace, a, but they perform maneuvers that they cannot keep up with. It doesn't make any sense. They'll like mirror uh our our flights and like kind of follow them around but they never really do much or they like go in the water and like yes zoom they around rise the up in the water go back the down yeah. no resistance the movements don't make sense with the physics that we are aware of today but i also think it's also as simple as while the government knows that they may not be human they might be as in the dark as we are like they they may genuinely have more information and maybe they know a little bit more but they might not know fucking all that much anyway like they mm. they might only be as informed as we are on a general level there was um, something i remember obama was on like uh what's his name i like to sing uh what's his name uh, uh james corden yeah james corden, yeah, james corden. Yeah, i like to sing Corporal that's all I karaoke. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know that yeah he he was on there and and he asked him directly about the like tom delong like those the the yeah. na the the navy footage or whatever air force footage whatever it is and uh that was like popular like the last couple of years and and obama didn't like directly say anything but he said something along the lines of like sure are some interesting sightings going on lately or, like something <laughs> yeah, of course. like that. yeah um, but like that's not the same as saying this no. is not real yeah and there's a recent podcast, Steve-O, by the way, like does an amazing interview podcast. I really love Steve-O's podcast. It's pretty funny, he's, yeah. He's such a, and he's so interesting. He's just interesting because he's come such a long way. He's just a fascinating person to like, you know, follow. But he did a podcast with 
uh, Tom DeLonge uh, a couple weeks ago, and they talk about the alien thing for like a good 20 or 30 minutes. And it's just worth a listen. He talks about the government people he's spoken with, the government people that are currently like out and pushing for UFO disclosure and so on. And what he claims he knows, obviously, you know, you take it with a grain of salt, fucking Tom DeLonge. But still, the 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 again, what comes up in that conversation is that trans dimensional existence that maybe it's all part of a giant consciousness instead of actually like it is that they're from like another <laughs> dimension man it's it's fucking great man it's a great interview it's so it's so good um definitely go go watch it uh if you're interested in that kind of thing hi kelly um shit man like uh, uh this little i'm just happy i'm happy we got a little soft disclosure i just want to know soft more disclosure yeah that's what but i call it speaking of you from another alternate reality i want to talk about a new york times article that came out recently uh that is about doppelgangers and about Ooh, a yes i saw this a photographer called uh francois brunel uh who is from canada and basically what happened was brunel one time realized that they look a lot like rowan atkinson <laughs> themselves and so this like inspired this like crazy project that's called i'm not a lookalike and if you want the link to i'm not a lookalike i'll drop that in the chat right now it's people that are not in any way related but look fucking similar yeah this is to the point cool. that they recur like they're referred to as doppelgangers and i'll also give you a link to the uh, new york times article which also has some more images of this you can have a chance to look at it at home if you if you just look up francois brunel or i'm not a lookalike and basically uh there is a journal called cell reports that published a study on Tuesday, uh, Dr. Manel Esteller, that's probably absolutely butchered, researcher at the Josep Carreras Leukemia Research Institute in Barcelona, Spain. They were they were studying uh, identical twins at one point, and then the, the, the study shifted from people that are actually twins to people who aren't twins but look like they're twins. Sure. And trying to explain what the fuck was going on. And basically, they got 32 of the pairs from this photo project to use as their subjects. Literally the same people that are in all these, like, amazing photos. Which, like, I mean, you can speak to these photos. Like, I'm you're looking at them just like me. These people look spookily similar sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard not to see how they're not identical. Actually, it's like that that Swedish rapper that looks like Jesse. Who's that? That nor is there in there? No, it was, it was German. It was like German. German okay, on German. A, a oh, the singer? German idol. And when yes. I was in Amsterdam, everyone thought I was him. It's like treating me like yes. a king. It was crazy. Or that dude in that <laughs> cyberpunk video, the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that guy as well. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot. Look, I'm gonna let you know. There's a lot of fat nerds who look like me out there. I'm gonna be real, oh, dude. One time, a homeless guy outside of a burger place just thought I was lying to him when I told him I wasn't Zach Galifianakis. He was like, he was like, okay, okay. And he was like winking at me and shit and like That's hitting so my funny. elbow like, okay. <laughs> but uh, basically they compared these 16 pairs of people to see if their DNA was similar. And what they found out was that these people that are like actually true doppelganger lookalikes have a significant similarity in their genes uh, because their genomes have really similar sequencing. It also seemed to prove that it doesn't just affect their appearance, but also their behavior, and that both of those things are controlled more by your genetics, seems like, than your environment, which is kind of interesting. Obviously, I'm not discounting something like 
privilege or abuse or something like that in the developmental process. I'm just saying it's pretty wild that they are like genome-wide similarities, not just right. looks, when they're this close visually, which is Science just interesting cool. to think about. And I'm sure that and I, the reason I picked this story is just number one, it's interesting. I thought it was going to impress Jesse. And number two, <laughs> I love uh, that that's the thing we try and do now is yeah. like we've just taken it upon been, ourselves to I've try been trying and to do that for him. years. I'm I like a little kid cartwheeling through the living room all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say that I think it's it's fat, like when you think about it, the possibility is obviously clear because in the end, we all are ancestors from like a very small group of people, mm -hmm. and that's just a fact. At a certain Genghis point, there Khan, were like a few people, and now there are a lot of people. But and, and even <clears throat> parts of the world, like Genghis Khan, there are a lot of people related to Genghis Khan because Genghis Khan be he fucked a lot. And so yeah. you know, it's it's bizarre and crazy, and it's super interesting. I love this kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, they're saying it's like also like literally luck of the draw in some cases, just like random sure. sequences that are close sure. to each other. But the thing that's interesting about it is like. There's like applications for this. Like, for example, you could maybe find that people who look like you uh, are susceptible to a disease or mm. you know, something like mm -hmm. that. So it's kind of uh, an interesting sort of like, I don't know, doppelgangers as a sort of ancient idea, mystical idea of having some weird connection to you might not be that off from uh, what's really going on. And I think that's, that's really cool, though. I think that's fucking weird as hell. Yeah. I do too, I really, but I, like yeah. in the coolest way. People say I look like Charlie Day, so you know maybe he's hopefully he's a healthy guy and like I, I pick up some he's of his a healthy guy. Yeah, hopefully and I get some of his bone <laughs> of How benefits. People say that about me. When I'm <laughs> uh, oh man, I love Alex. Up, take us home. Guy. I take us home. Want to take? You know what? We've been exploring things and looking at science and sci-fi, but I want to take us back to the paranormal and more importantly. Yes. Just good old-fashioned lying. So okay, okay. there's an article over on Mental Floss that I'm obsessed with. It's so it's history, it's like skepticism, it's everything. And more importantly, it has a character who's a total badass, and I love historical badasses. I love stuff like that. So it's 1590s France, and this article talks about how there's this girl named Martha Brossier. And Whoa, what a beautiful name. She travels around with her father. Because apparently she is possessed by demons and she has like a demonic entity in her body and they travel the countryside putting on a stage show where people can come and like save her, right? So wait, religious vaudeville? Pretty much like it's religious Amazing. entertainment before religious, religious entertainment vaudeville. was a thing. <laughs> like so, seriously, traveling like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like using exorcism as entertainment before the movie exorcism. You know what I mean? Sure. And yeah, so yeah. she does the eyes rolling in the back of her head. She speaks and like, oh, look, right? She does the whole thing. And everyone <laughs> that attends is like completely convinced she is being taken over by this Good actress. And so the article goes into the fact that like, She's from this small French community where her father was a weaver. And one day she began to possess symptoms of being possessed by a demon. And whatever those symptoms are, you know, it was probably she was like mouthing off or something and like demon. <laughs> and so the family claimed that it was the result of a vindictive neighbor who just happened to be a witch. And her father decided. Obviously. Right. Like her fa yeah. yeah her father decided happens. it would be of the interest to the public to, to deal with it publicly. So the tour that the two toured France, shocking audiences with her crazy behavior 
and then they'd hire like a priest would come on stage and save her but then eventually the demon would come back and take over her body so they could continue the tour this is the best part of the article it's amazing eventually the two or three of them arrived in paris which provided more opportunities for public interest as well as increased scrutiny Disturbed by the attraction, King Henry IV's personal physician, Michel or Michel Mariscot, or Marisco, uh, <laughs> was tasked with examining Brossier's condition. And it was here that her claims began to fall apart. And I love. Wow, surprise. <laughs> I love smart dudes. So this dude is a straight up genius. So Mariscot is clever, brandishing a piece of the true cross, as he claims, a fragment believed to have come from Jesus' crucifixion. He loomed over her and she hissed at the apparent, uh, in apparent pain at this religious iconography. But the cross was just ordinary wood. That's awesome. And, I was like, that's uh, got to be the twist. It was just ordinary wood. <laughs> it's like and, Tom Sawyer vibes. Yeah. And what he actually did is the piece he said was that like he actually said he had a piece of the cross. He used it as the because it was a small piece. He used it as a tongue depressor to see if there was anything wrong with her mouth. And she didn't squirm. She didn't fight. Nothing that's happened. Awesome. So he like double Incredible. got her. That's amazing. Then he attempted to converse with her in Latin. And the father had said the demon speaks every language. However, the girl did not understand anything he said. Then he went and was like, all right, we got to run some more tests. We got to see what's up. So he spoke religious rites to her. He like had a book and he's like doing the whole like Dominus, like doing the whole thing. And she's squirming and freaking out. But really, he's just reading like some stuff from Virgil. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> like he's just really oh, just like great. reading religious fan fiction to her, which is amazing. And she's this freaking is like out. Playing like experimental like rock music to like the children at the preschool or something yeah it's so good <laughs> he he flings holy water at her and she freaks out um but it's really just normal water and he has her drink water but it's actually holy water and she's fine <laughs> you know like that kind of stuff and he keeps doing this to her and she keeps getting more and more crazy but at the things that are not even remotely religious so he decreed that this was not only a public nuisance, but also just a flat-out lie. And they were ripping people off and taking their money. So they threw them in prison for several months. But, of course, this is my favorite part. The public that months. showed up at every show oh, would yes. not believe it. They were like, this is just the government coming in. I and this, this poor girl is taken over by demons. And you threw her in jail. That kind of thing. And it's just an <sighs> absolute... This is 1509. Nothing know, changes. <laughs> Nothing. It's so depressing when you like when you bring up this shit and then you start saying shit that is happening now. It's just, uh, it's <laughs> just so they sad. They continued when released. She took her show underground, holding seances for captive audiences in small <laughs> towns. Girl was making her dollar one way that or like, another. Dude, we just gotta accept that people are dumb dumbs. You know. Mm -hmm. That's just it's, what it is. Again, it go. I mean, we're kind of going back into like the deeper talks about this that we've had, but it's that comfort feeling. Yeah. It gives them answers. It gives them certainty. And taking that away is worse for them mentally and emotionally than to still double down and just have it. It's crazy to me that rather than say, I believe in this religious thing, I believe there are demons, I believe all this stuff, but this one person yeah, is lying. It's like, no, they can't. If that person's lying, then everything's a lie. Like, that's not even how it works, but that's, like, what it feels like. This dude straight that's up was, like... That's how fragile the belief is for some people. Like... Yeah. That dude straight up it just gave multiple examples of why it was a lie. And he was like, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And everyone's like, how dare you? 
<laughs> it's, literally, it's literally like that zealot mindset, right? Of like, yeah. yep. the more on trial your belief system is, the more people are like, wait a minute. You start to go like, ah, you just like go in on it. You just yeah. double down, brain, triple down. Yeah. I think there's studies out there that says your brain perceives it as personal attacks initially. Like you, it just hits you at your core, especially if they're core religious beliefs and you identify with them. And it takes time, patience, and kindness to show people where they are instead of yelling and berating at them, which is what the social media is so awful for. It just right. entrenches people even further, which is a whole other conversation. But 1,500 people, they're the same as us. Yeah, no difference. No difference. They just, they're like, and oh, wrong. It's, 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 it's actually, this was France. Never mind. Yeah, no, no. Actually, well, no, they would have been like, yeah, oh, wrong. I've seen movies. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> seen the, yeah, they've seen the movies. They all yeah. speak the same way. It's like the Empire, uh, British. Well, thank you, thank you guys yeah. so much for listening. We'll be back next week with Minnesota 105. We appreciate the love and support on Patreon. That is just always blowing our minds. We really do appreciate you and love you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you to HelloFresh for sponsoring today's episode. I love HelloFresh. I know you've heard me say it before, but have I told you how much I love telling you about how much I love HelloFresh? Because I love telling you about how much I love HelloFresh because I use it all the damn time. In fact, my pork meatloaf is cooking right now. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable and also manageable for people like me who don't really, I just can't cook without directions. And they give you such simple, straightforward directions that it was like, it's even impossible for me to F it up. And trust me, I'm known to F up. Have you ever seen me build a bookshelf? Listen, if you only know me from this podcast, go look up Mathis Games bookshelf on like Twitter. You'll see, you'll see what I'm talking about. But HelloFresh, it prevents that kind of nonsense. Thank God. The key to this dinnertime success? Variety for me, anyway. HelloFresh keeps your taste buds on their toes with 40 chef-crafted recipes to select from every single week. From family-friendly to fit and wholesome, you'll always find something new and exciting for recipes to try and love. And the way I like to do it, if you want to, you know, take my hints and take my tips, I like to do two that I know that I like and then one new one. Because change is scary and you should take change slowly. And luckily, HelloFresh lets you. And yeah, August is almost over. Fall is right around the corner and HelloFresh is here to help you plan for that busy season ahead with tasty dishes delivered right to your door. All you gotta choose is your recipes and pick your delivery date and lay back and enjoy the last days of summer knowing that dinner is covered. You wanna give it a shot and I suggest you do. Head over to hellofresh.com slash 50chill and use code 50chill for 50% off plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash 50chill and use code 50chill for 50% off plus free shipping. Thank you again to, and thank you again to HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Hello, my little chilluminots. Hello. Ooh, what was Hello. that? Ooh. Ooh, serenading them in like a, like a siren song. Hello, my little chilluminots. Okay. La, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Chill Mini 105, I believe. I think it's 105. Hell yeah. yeah. Close like enough. 90% sure it's 105. So I'm going to go with that. We should start the numbering over it at one. You need to start fresh, start over, like all over comics. again. Like we're just, yeah, we're just messing. Yeah, with just yeah we have to have an event. We have to have some sort of like climactic event where we fight through time. Yeah. Mini crisis. <laughs> Done. Uh, a Chiluminati mini crisis. I wonder what that would look like. Probably alien showing up. Speaking crisis of aliens. On infinite Chiluminati. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm excited because what I'm bringing today is what Jesse actually gave me first. What? Yeah. So Bula. we just did Coronado. We wrapped up Coronado. So we're going to now go back to aliens. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about a DOD video 
that had been released on Reddit the day after it had been recorded on the uh, on like security footage and whatnot, and then ended up getting deleted from one for one reason or another. Um, and uh, Jesse, if you want to just describe what the video looks like for those who are not going to be able to see the video or, or, you know, too lazy to go find it. What are we looking at me? You want me to describe the video that I sent you that I don't remember it's just at all. a do. So it looks like a warehouse. It's it's a DOD uh, like base or facility. It's a uh, Department of Defense facility. You can see a big empty parking lot, a big like warehouse yes. building now and a I spotlight. Remember. Now I remember. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's this light way out there that like is approaching. And the minute the video is about two minutes long and it, sl it slowly approaches and then kind of like stops and hovers on the outside uh, of this place and then uh, disappears. It blinks out. It's gone. And they zoom in on it and you can, when he zooms in on it, if you watch the video, it's around the minute two second mark. Um, the, it looks like, like a Roswell style saucer with the, the wider bottom and the, the, like the little hat on top of this thing, almost yeah. like a spinning top. It gives like a spinning top look like to it. Like the old timey, like, like old timey look. UFO yeah. style thing. And this video was recorded uh, the day prior to its release, which was like last week or, or just Eight, a few days 27, ago. 27, 22. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not even super far. <laughs> it's not even like, a week old. No, this is like brand new and it's not being talked about. What's more interesting is, I don't know. Did you go into the comments and like do any reading about like who this guy was who released it? Uh, at the so, time, there weren't any crazy comments that I saw. Clearly, there are 750 now. So Yeah, so the one person, uh, Reddit user Library Practical, says uh, they went through the guy's profile and comments, the guy who posted the video. They said he's been active on Reddit for over a couple of years. He's They think he's in the Air Force because he commented regularly on uh, the Air Force subreddit, all four different Air Force subreddits with all kinds of spe specifics that military would know. Uh, they seem legit. They then sent him a DM and said, if it was this easy for him to figure out who he may, might be, it would be better for him to delete his account and so he does, in case he would get in trouble. And then five minutes later, the guy deleted his account. So his account is now gone. Um, Wild. We, we don't know. All we have is this video that is still up on Reddit right now. Uh, it's got four. It's like 4,000 upvotes. Um, I'll try to also remember to put this over on the subreddit. And it's fascinating because it's just a government surveillance footage of something hovering nearby and then boop, gone yeah uh also Have you seen this? did aliens, you see the video at alex i'm sorry did you see it yeah yeah okay. i did it looks it really does look like i don't want to put this in the the wrong context because i don't think that this looks very hoax like but it mm. looks in the shape of some very famous hoaxes from a long time ago it's yes, like a very agreed. famous version of the alien spacecraft shape that i recognize there is uh, a dude redid the gamma like he changes the gamma and re-uploaded it and you are 100 correct alex i was gonna say the same thing i just watched that clip it looks like you know the i want to believe poster <laughs> like yes yes that's like exactly that. what it looks like yes mm. yeah it, that's exactly what it looks like uh and it's so weird yeah uh and speaking of aliens uh fuck you tom delong uh for being a fucking trolleroni the other day uh, for posting a like a production still from the movie Roswell with no context on oh God, a so annoying photograph of a printed photograph of it. Yeah, he makes it look like it's some weird evidence he got. P context. This is why uh, this is why fucking to the stars can't be trusted. And Tom DeLonge is like this. It's like it's all marketing with him. It's always marketing yeah. with him for something that he's yeah. doing with this to the stars like movie shit. And that's so yeah. frustrating because then you got got to then kind of when you when you look at evidence like this 
and you know you think about tom DeLong, it, it just makes it so fucking it just adds more doubt um i wanted to read real quickly uh some of the comments that he had left before uh he sure. deleted his account um he says uh just a few reports from patrolmen that there was an odd energy around such as quote being watched and followed hard skeptic on their reports due to this video's influence on them at the time with a local investigation, it was quite inconclusive, but we did rule out weather balloon, helicopter, inbound aircraft, or personally owned drone. This assumption comes from its overall size, movement patterns, and lumens. And we monitor these cameras 24-7, 365, and can easily and confidently ascertain the status of any aircraft in our FOV. We also utilize a Ninja drone detection program that monitors and tracks all drones within 50 square mile of the area. The only issue that we had shortly after, around 30 minutes, was the radio system disruption for around 20 seconds. Uh, and he says, this is footage from the, the Northeast CONUS DOD installation. Uh, so I, C-O-N-U-S, which I don't know, it's all in caps. So it probably stands or is abbreviated for something. Um, so that's what we know. And that's the info we have on this video. And it hasn't come out pretty as a wild. hoax yet. I don't know, man. I, it's very convincing. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty wild. That's There's all been I'm some bringing. People that have come up to me and said to some some very mysterious things to me that I have no reason to believe they would be faking, right? You know, like it's just it. This is this has that energy. Uh, I got something. I wanted to talk about how the other day we were talking about how it's hard to understand how we are so popular because uh, we can't understand why people are so interested in the show and why why it's such an, a big. Uh, is this about us? Oh, are we about to. Feel good no, about no, ourselves? No, no, no. I just have some. I just have some statistics that might mm. shed some light on why there's such a large Venn diagram of people that uh, watch our show. And this, this, these statistics come from uh, Bankrate, uh, uh, an article written by Lizzie Nealon. Uh, and you know why you can trust Bankrate is because they adhere to strict editorial integrity. So there you go. Okay. Uh, so check it out. Uh, here's some stats from them uh, and from something called House Beautiful, New York Times, JS Tour Daily, and the Pew Research Center. Here we go. One in four Americans believes they live in a haunted house. 44% of people suspected or knew that they were moving into a haunted house when they moved into their house. That's, okay, I can see that. That's I'm, almost that's a, that's, half. That's a selling that's point for a lot half. of people. 35% of people found erratic pet behavior to support the idea that their home was haunted. 34% of people say they would inform a buyer about paranormal activity before selling a property. 27% of people would only share information about paranormal activity in their home when asked by the buyer. 23% of people said they wouldn't share any information about paranormal activity in their home with a potential Although a, re a religious affiliation declined over the past 40 years, belief in the afterlife remained constant. In 1978, around 70% of people believed in the afterlife, and about 74% reported the same in 2018. So actually, it's grown by 4%. California real estate agent Randall Bell says that stigmatized property can sell for 10% to 25% less than non-stigmatized ones. And stigmatized properties are things that have been like psychologically tainted in some way. Yeah, serial killer uh, house, even murder if, house. Even if you don't know for Falcon. sure... Like a rumor that a place used to be a whorehouse, yep. you know, like stuff like that. That's all stigmatized property and hauntings are kind of similar. Uh, those who attend worship services frequently are less likely to say they've seen a ghost. Uh, 
11% of those who attend religious services weekly say they've witnessed a ghost compared to 23% of people who attend services less frequently. So check that out. Uh, and then, uh, so that's, you know, people who believe in ghosts and that their house is haunted is a lot more people than I thought. Uh, that's the first thing. Uh, but I also have a list that's in this article of the most haunted places in America uh, and the most haunted houses in America. So that's kind of interesting. So one of the things that they noticed about the most haunted cities is that a lot of them happen to be port cities. Uh, and a lot of them are like old, mysterious cities. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, Savannah, Georgia that. is one of the most haunted cities in the country. Okay. Uh, it's founded in 1733. Civil War buildings and cemeteries. Uh, there's like a marsh. There's one house. The Marshall House was used as a hospital three times. And uh, people see ghosts there all the time, that type of thing. Uh, another one is New Orleans, probably the most obvious haunted city in the country. Obviously, you guys kind of know, if you just think of New Orleans, what kind of place it is. It has that reputation with a history of voodoo, plantations, churches, graveyards, haunted houses, all these just crazy things. Uh, you know, there's even like a voodoo festival there and a big festival around the mystic arts and stuff like that. Uh, apparently there's a bar that's 200 years old called the old absinthe bar that sees bottle and glasses move around all the time. That's just one account in new Orleans. Chicago is another one. Uh, 1833 tons of murder in Chicago in the olden days. Uh, apparently Al Capone murdered 200 people just himself. Pretty crazy. Uh, no first known serial killer ever was in Chicago too. H H Holmes. Oh yeah. We'll, that, we'll cover him. That's one somebody day. who we should get to eventually. Oh yeah. We'll have craziest. a big series on him. It's like a Scooby-Doo murder house. He uh, literally creates a hotel to murder people in. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, St. Augustine, Florida, another one. The, one of the oldest, I think it's the oldest city in the country. It was founded in 1565. Damn. Uh, so, you know, uh, also Portland, Oregon. Uh, Halloween Town was P Portland, Oregon. Just to, uh, if you're a Disney kid. You know, it's just a bunch of towns that are like historical. Mm -hmm. and have like old timey things associated with them that seem to have the most hauntings. And the one ex explanation of course, is that that's just marketing. Right. But on the other hand, you know, could be that the older a place is the more ghosts it has, you know, like I mean, yeah. Europe and all the crazy sort of like mystical stuff. That's, you know, over going on over there that we kind of don't feel like is going on over here. It's kind of interesting. Uh, it's just weird because, you know, the people that lived here before we built cities and shit, you know, they have their own spirituality that's very different from ours. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all the different villages and tribes and stuff. And, uh, you know, I don't know. They seem to feel like things are very active for them uh, all around and are very, like, closely associated with the world beyond, right? Yeah. And they've been here for much longer than us. You know, I don't know. Something <clears throat> something, something there. That's cool stats. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's little little some some real stats. I also got some houses. I'll just read these off just so that we don't go crazy. Whaley House in San Diego. I've been there. That's pretty good. We should go there next time you're here, Mathis. That would be a fun little day trip. I'm, I'm down. Uh, the House of Death in New York. Uh, it's where Mark Twain lived uh, at one point. Winchester Mystery House, another one in California that we could go to. I'm sure you've heard of that one. Uh, maybe we did an episode on it. I can't remember. This was uh, the widow Sarah Winchester. Yeah, uh, we. <sighs> 
I know we've talked about it, but I don't know told, if we... She was told that all the ghosts that were killed by Winchesters would like come back to yeah. haunt her, so she need to build a confusing we've, house. I think, right. Did we not? I, we, if we didn't do an episode, we have talked about it at length yeah. in an episode. Lizzie Borden House, another one that is supposed to be haunted. Franklin Castle in Cleveland. Uh, I, I'm not from Ohio, but I hear it's a big... It's like supposed to be a castle that was built by Hannes Tiedemann in the 1800s, and he was like a cruel man who may have murdered his family. And there was like Nazis there. The German socialists were there for a while, like the Rocketeer vibes. Oof. They found human bones in the walls. Pretty crazy. Marshall house in Savannah. Another one. Um, yeah. So shout outs to all those, those places, little, little, uh, you know, fluff piece from a realtor website about haunted houses and stuff like that. I thought it was just interesting to see how many people think their house is haunted because that's crazy. That's a crazy amount. That's a lot of people. I not. I would have put it at like 10% if you had told me to guess, but that's crazy. That's like almost half. Yeah. Bananas. I, I would move I, into it. I mean, for 25% cheaper, I would move into a fucking haunted house. I, I do want to go back to, uh, boy, I just hit the microphone there. Great. Uh, I do want to go back to one of the stats you dropped at the beginning, Alex, about the 74% believing in an afterlife versus 70. Yeah. Just putting on my historical teacher's hat, I find it fascinating because the idea that even though religion is declining or religiosity is declining, that the belief in the afterlife is increasing, to me says two things. One, people don't want to be associated with current modern religion. For, and I'll let you decide the reasons, but people don't want to be associated with it. And yep. two, much I would say, I think the Middle Ages is the best example, but like when times are hard, people are like, boy, I hope there's something after this because this sucks. <laughs> and so religion increases. Yeah. And it, it it seems to always be the case. Yeah, people where aren't you can getting just... any less afraid of dying. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, yeah. yeah. It's fascinating to me. Um, yeah. Gentlemen, I've kind of got a fun follow-up for you. Oh, uh, okay. A follow-up? Yeah. So, this is from Live Science. Ben Turner wrote an article over there that I found super interesting. I was like, I got to I gotta talk about this. So, we did an episode on the Fermi Paradox. Yes? Mm -hmm. Been there. Done that. Again, for those of you who do not remember, the Fermi Paradox is sort of the idea that the universe is huge and it's old and those two things by themselves should mean that the universe is filled with alien life, and yet we lack any real evidence that alien life exists. So the question was, where is everybody? Well, a new study has potentially another answer for that. Um, this one I love. I think it's super interesting, but also just come with me on, a, on an adventure. I'm ready. So, <clears throat> civilizations either collapse or burn out uh, or redirect themselves to prioritizing homeostasis uh, is what this uh, Michael Wong at Carnegie Institute of Science and Stuart Bartlett of the California Institute of Technology write in this uh, study. They say that, like, basically civilizations either completely crash or they reach this state where they've expanded so much that it's super difficult for them to keep going. So either they have this homeostatic awakening or the civilization collapses, and that's why we don't see anything out there in the universe. And so they came up with this hypothesis by looking at cities. And they were like, look, if you look at a city, cities increase and increase and grow bigger and bigger. And eventually, the energy consumption needed to keep it all going becomes – and the population keeps getting crazy that you hit a crisis point. 
when that crisis point or singularity either causes a rapid crash and like ends with the city collapsing in on itself or it stops growing. Like the city must cease to grow, right? You can only have it be so big. And so the solution to avert doom would be to undergo this homeostatic awakening, as they call it, redirecting their production away from this outbound growth into the stars and prioritizing societal well-being, sustainable, uh, in a, a, a sustainable and equitable development, the harmony of their environment, and all that kind of stuff researchers suggest. So, like, while civilizations may not abandon space exploration, they aren't, like, it's going all over the place now. They're like, look, we got to just take care of ourselves. They're not they're not going 4X style trying to dominate the galaxy via culture wins. Yeah, like like it, it's a perfect example. In a 4X game, if you expand too quickly and too fast, you collapse. Mm-hmm. And you like your left flank is now open to an enemy or like you you the policies on your planets cause people to like rebel again, like that kind of stuff. And it, and, and that's a great example. Thank you. Um yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm here for you. I got you. Uh and they say no, they're uh, uh, those that are out there expanding at a rapid rate, if they do exist, these would be the easiest for humans to detect, they say, because they'd be just dissipating so much energy in this wildly unsustainable way that, if anything, those are the ones we would find if we were if we stumbled upon them. The ones that are you like like a like a star with like a bunch of th- shit radiating out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In a weird so web-like <laughs> kind of design. But like yeah. you know, they're they're actually aliens and. Um, <laughs> Basically, they said this presents the possibility that a good many of humanity's initial detections of extraterrestrial life, if we did find them, would be powerful, but not the wise kind. Not the kind that are like, we should be meeting. You know what I mean? Like, not Vulcans. We'd no, meet, like, the, the Klingons first, is yeah, what they're exactly. saying. Exactly. And um, I don't want they, that. researchers point out a few of humanity's mini awaking, awakenings as kind of like examples. Um... They say the reduction, the, the reduction, the reduction of global nuclear arm stockpiles from seventy thousand to fourteen thousand, the halting of the ozone layer, the hole in the ozone layer. I bet most of you listening right now don't even remember that there was a time period where there was a hole in the ozone layer. Like they yeah, were like, I do remember that, and they blamed it on hairspray. Pretty, they yeah. were like, yeah, they were like, it <laughs> is. Remember, I, that's what I remember. Yeah, they're like, we literally have a hole. Aerosol, like, yeah, aerosol products were destroying the ozone layer. So, and and that has repaired itself, right? Like that's fixed itself since we decided to stop doing that shit. Um, and they also said that you know things like uh, the 1982 international whaling moratorium, which I believe was caused by Star Trek. Um, their that's proposals. Right. <laughs> joins a bountiful crop of other scientific and popular suggestions as to why we've never made direct contact with celestial visitors. These include, as we explained before, um, the practical challenges of interstellar travel. Aliens might actually just be living in secret or hiding from something. Maybe we're simply alone in the universe, or maybe aliens arrived too soon or too early to meet us, which I think is fascinating to me. I've never thought about that before. The idea that maybe they stopped by 20,000 years ago, saw we're nothing, around. and we're like, all right, let's go, and left. It's like, possible, you know, it's possible they talked to, like, a caveman who never told anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, like, waved to a caveman, the man, the yeah. brain broke, and we'll never yeah. know. Another hypothesis that recently came out in April from the Astrophysics Journal, uh, which I think is, like, so fascinating to me, is that the sheer scale of the universe 
means it would take as long as 400,000 years for a signal sent by an advanced species to reach another signal sent by an advanced species. That time scale is greater than humans have even existed. Yeah. Which is funny to think about because in the grand scale of the, the, the universe, it is barely a blink. Well, I mean, humans have existed, but humans, modern humans, like no, no, modern, the sky. yeah, modern humans haven't yeah, existed yeah, yeah. in the way we have for like what's only 300 some odd thousand years, right? I mean, like if you if you consider like a four million old like cave person, then sure, we've existed for a while. But like the capability to even look or be interested in space, 400,000, we just may not ever find it in our lifetimes. But maybe yeah. one day or maybe they sent it and we missed it. Right. I've never once considered the fact that like maybe we just missed it and now we got to just wait some more who knows I think they've i think probably most alien civilizations have just hit on the same thing that i secretly think about all the time in my darkest hours we're <laughs> thinking about saving the earth and and why people are so uh like unmotivated to do this you know like why people even though in the face of like the world burning around them and like koalas like having nowhere to fucking sleep and shit like people aren't just like yo maybe we should take it easy right yeah it's a marketing issue that has to do with just appealing to the things that people care about the most like just now we just saw we just talked about how people are uh afraid of death and so belief in an afterlife hasn't gone away even though religion is like a stupid ass idea now to most people right mm -hmm. like like if you just appealed to people and you were like yo you're never gonna see the next smash brothers there's not going to be a Smash Brothers if the Earth is on fire. You know, like that type yeah. of message. You need to like, think, yeah, they need to realize what they're going to lose before they realize it's in I think that's what all the aliens figured out. They're like, hey, how about instead of trying to build a giant nuclear engine that's going to blow up our planet to get off the Earth, let's just fucking make some hentai. You know what I mean? Like, why not? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even messing around when I say one time. I think it was. It might have been a Marvel or maybe a Star Wars or something, but like a guy was dying and his last wish was to see the newest whatever movie. Right. Mm. Yeah. And it upset me. I like thought about that for so long because I was like, that's not even the last one. You know, dude, like is going to miss the he ending. And I was know. like, yeah, I don't want to. Oh, that sucks. Like, no, oh, that's I was like so upset about that because I was like, I would be so Imagine pissed. if it was Rise of Skywalker. Imagine oh, if you stayed alive. Out. I mean, just, yeah. <laughs> But here's God. the thing. That's the that's the thing though. Like, I think I think honestly, like, hentai forever save the earth is like a better message than like hentai forever keep, save the earth. Like, hey, you can keep like if you keep the earth alive long enough, we can figure out how to eat chili dogs for every meal and not get fat. Like, or we can <laughs> like die of no water tomorrow. Like, you know what I mean? Like, give somebody a reason to try. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we got to be hippies about it. It's better to be appeal to what people seem to respond to which is just selfish desires ab absolute greed and yeah. lack of empathy for others yeah humans man that's what we are they need so people they, you know uh, every planet needs a visionary like me yeah thank to, god we have you this. here on shaluminati podcast to put forth your visionary statements yeah if you don't give a shit about the planet how about this there's not gonna we're never gonna get to the ps9 if we don't figure out global warming you're not even getting a PS5 if we don't take care of the planet. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think they're going to price that thing out of uh, anybody's availability soon. They're already trying to do it with the PS4. I mean, uh, 5. Yeah, like you yeah. said. It's just, uh, it's but impossible. hey, it is lighter now. 
That's true. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know what else right. is lighter? Our time. We're out of it. Thank you guys Ooh, so much for listening. Nice. We'll be back next week with yet another wow. mini-sode here on the Patreon. And thank you guys for supporting us for as long as you have. We love you and we won't be able to do this without you. Aww. Goodbye. Bye. Anyway, me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside. And after a few moments, I hear my wife go, holy shit, get out here. So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in awe. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky.